Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan Orion because Dustin is, you know, he's not available tonight. He's on a vacation, you know, whatever he's off doing. So, you know, when it gets to the pick'em, because it's that time of the year again, we'll just have to let you know what we think his uh, his picks will be. And you know, be sure to <laughs> be sure to give us five stars and great review wherever you get your podcasts, uh, whether it's Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Stitcher, what have you, we're available. Check out the uh, the website, coldcansnetwork.com, miserable-reckless.com. Got blog content and merch in the shop. All right, so the good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, kick things off. All right, well, I got a good, great, and I guess, I think it's ugly. Um, let's see, real good. So lately I found some awesome replica uh, concert posters on eBay. This cat had from like an estate sale in there like four or five dollars a pop and they're actual replicas of the original concerts and they're all the ones i've been grabbing were like soundgarden alice in chains nirvana melvin's meat puppets um just a bunch of those old seattle bands from the 80s and early 90s which has been pretty awesome i just got a couple of them just now in the mail and uh they're pretty legit even even for being replicas um so i was pretty stoked about that my great college football starts for for me at least tomorrow. Virginia Tech starting week one. Um, new hit coach, new starting quarterback. Pretty excited, and that leads me to my ugly. It's against ODU at ODU, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> for those that are uninitiated, Morgan, we may talk about this later. Why would that be an ugly? Because <laughs> uh, Tech lost to ODU two years ago. Uh, Pretty bad. And when I say pretty bad, I mean really bad. As in like it, I felt like I my team was a high school football team playing Alabama. <laughs> All right, on that note, Ryan, good, the bad, and the ugly. Sure. I've got your normal good, bad, and ugly uh this week. So I found I keep trying to find these quotes and I'll, I save them for the right period of time. Since we're about to go in a week, actual week one of college football, and most of the teams will be in, in business this weekend, I did find this quote, and I think it describes uh, this podcast, college football, especially especially in the South in general. Uh, this was a, by the way, this was a, in, a, in a 2019 Atlantic article on, in case you're wondering how highbrow we are here at Visible and Records, on the psychological concept of identity fusion. In case you're confused what that means, don't worry about it. There ain't a lot of big words after this. Uh, and I quote, sometimes we bond especially strongly with some of our associations. We say we can't imagine existing without something. Even in cases of extreme identification, however, people typically maintain a sense of their own identity. There's a distinct border between self and other. You are a part of the team, and then you are also you. So it's separate. Occasionally, though, this border becomes permeable. That's the end of the quote. And then the author goes on to say, that's why on game day mornings, I drink from my lucky coffee mug, put on my lucky boxer shorts, and wear a shirt in my school colors, whether or not I'm going to the game. I do this to show myself reliable, a contributor to the team and their effort. I cannot not involve myself, not, not try to help, not when the outcome, quote, matters so much and is so important. Sports fandom and its everyday details is one of the primary ways in which fans tell themselves who they are and just as importantly, who they are not. <laughs> I thought that was an excellent quote to describe pretty much everyone on Thursday night, Friday or Saturday morning or Saturday evening for that matter. And so speaking of me uh, on Saturday evening last week, um, Carolina won its first game because we played in something that had never existed before called works uh, week zero. So once again, we're trailblazing and um, uh, we had our young quarterback come in. Apparently the controversy for now has been resolved and we had the little brother of uh, Luke, as he is commonly referred to for the time being, hopefully he's known as the uh, he's uh, Luke may eventually will be known as Drake May's older brother. <laughs> By the time his career, Carolina is all said and done. He threw a couple TDs, uh, five to be exact. And I'm uh, always happy to point these kinds of stats out. He threw much downs in his dad and his dad debut for the Tar Heels. So anytime the son can help do the dad and the dad's uh, business, I always like that. So uh, that was pretty good. 
So the bad is also from Saturday night. Um, our defense sucked. I'm sure you'll get to hear more about that from me later on. Uh, if not tonight or on this podcast, then later on in the year, because I doubt we'll get everything fixed after week one. Um, they were not very good. Hopefully it's because they didn't tackle in July and August, but they were not playing a very great Division one opponent who also did not have a lot of their players due to some eligibility train wrecks on their side with a, a person in their organization quit and some other stuff happened. Long story short, we were playing against an opponent that we should have beat and the defense wasn't very good despite what the score uh, said. So that wasn't super ideal. And then uh, for my ugly, my ugly is very simple. We had the last NASCAR race of the year, supposed to be on Saturday night at Daytona. It got rained out because shockingly there was a uh, thunderstorm in Florida on a Saturday night. I know that comes as a real surprise to no one on this podcast or anyone listening to it for that matter. Um, so uh, instead we had the last race of the year to lead into the playoffs, which is, I guess, essentially similar to having like the last day of baseball to find out who's going to make the playoffs and who isn't. We had that race on Sunday at 10 a.m. And if there's anything I can tell you about the fan base or just the people at the racetrack who had drank their way, potentially, I'm going to assume they were drinking their way through a rain delay at Daytona on Saturday night. I can assure you that everybody was probably up bright and early and bushy tailed on Sunday at 10 for the race to begin. Um, and I can tell you that anyone that wanted to go to church and then rush home for the race had a decision to make. So that's my way for the week. Um, really. Didn't appreciate NASCAR. Uh, I had to watch it on tape delay myself. So it is what it is. Good, bad, and ugly. There you go. All right. So that brings it to me. I've got two goods and a bad. First good is, uh, before we get into the sports-related goods, first good is, <clears throat> with Dustin being gone, my parents are watching his daughter. So I have been back home a couple of days um, over the last, like, five days to try to kind of, like, you know, help them out during the day because – she likes to, I, I, apparently I have become the, the fun activity uncle where I have to run all over the house and, and, and jump around and fall on the floor. And basically I've been tired every time I've hung out with her because every time I try to sit down, she's like, uncle, uncle, walk, come on. So that's been what I've been doing. It's been a lot of fun, but also tiring. So it's been good being able to hang out with her um, a little more because, you know, with the distance where we live, I don't get to see her all that often. So that's been good. Second good, uh, to echo Morgan's sentiment, my football season starts Saturday. I'm going to be traveling for an away game to Greenville, as I've said previously on the pod here. And uh, i got a bunch of friends that are going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a really good time. Um, it's it's going to be a, a battle, I think. I think State's an 11-point favorite over ECU right now, but I think it's going to be a battle for most of the game. Hopefully we come out of there with a win. But that brings me into my bad. My bad being uh, I listened to the Red and White pod. <clears throat> The uh, host of that show, Evan, we've had as a guest on this show last football season. He always tries to have like uh, a media member from the opposing side come on each week. So he had a guy from the Boneyard podcast for East, from ECU. And the guy from the Boneyard podcast is probably the single most delusional human being I've ever met or I've ever listened to in my life. If you listen to him, I had no idea that we were going to be facing one of the most potent offenses in the country. And that they were gonna that they were gonna finish second in the American this year, and that they're pretty much gonna score on every possession um, that they have in 2022. Because you know, the one thing he said that was true was they have one of their best quarterbacks in their program history. True statement. Fifth year senior, played all five years, gonna be their all time passing leader at the end of the year. That part was true. What I didn't know was they had an All American tight end, an NFL wide receiver, a two Heisman candidates in the backfield. And um, an offensive line full of transfers that are now uh, so big and so talented that they're rivaling power five offensive lines. So, I'm, you know, State has a good defense, but I don't know if we can match up with Alabama light from Greenville this weekend. That's going to be fun to see in person. And then he also said that the defense lost a lot of their best players, but he just has a feeling they're going to be better this year having to replace those guys. Don't know how that makes sense, but that's what, that's what he said. So, you know, I, I've very much learned a lot about the ECU Pirates uh, from one of their their uh, their podcasts. I'm excited to see this juggernaut uh, in Greenville in person this year. I'm going to be telling my kids about the time I saw the 2022 ECU Pirates. But that's my bad for the week. You're going to be sitting your grandkids on your lap, bouncing on your lap, talking about the, uh, the, the 20 hours of 
you know, ugliness coming out of the backfield. <laughs> yep. He said they're going to, if they get past that, they, they don't go down easy. And if the shorter one gets to that second level, there's not a person in the country who can run him down. <laughs> shorter. Sounds like he's, uh, he's really got all the, 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 all the team members now. Pretty much. <laughs> what, what but, uh-huh. Why don't you just take, dude, go ahead and it seems like you've been drinking one too many Kool-Aid drinks preparing for uh, October for Halloween parties downtown Greenville. <laughs> oh, man. man that's, that's the good event. Like I'd like, like to tell everybody, don't drink the bong water. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's- we support the, uh, the people that have come on the podcast in the past by listening to their shows. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're saying. Um, you know, the Red and White Pod's a good pod. He's they're generally pretty rational. Once in a while, you know, they'll say some stuff. I'm like, all right. I mean, I was like, this guy's second or third on the depth chart for a reason. But most of the time, they're pretty rational. But that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I know we have a Florida or the field up next. We do. Now, last week we uh, we went to. Uh, a different place from where we've gone in the past. That was a celebration of our two years. So we will, uh, we will see where this week's Florida of the field takes us. Um, we have a special one this week. Um, we only have three of us. Uh, the fourth Dustin apparently decided he could take a vacation. He's like one of those, um, people that plans a wedding in the fall on Saturdays. Um, he (laughs) chose to, uh, he chose to, Take week one off of a podcast that we've been doing for roughly 90 episodes now where we discuss mainly college football, including in April and May and June. And then we talk your off about realignment. So he chose uh, week one of the season to uh, to go on vacation. And he chose to go to a place that um, has a lot of what you may hear in this song. They also have a lot of drinking. Um, a lot of people were green. Um, I think you'll get the point. <laughs> so. This is a, uh, the headline is woman dances during sobriety test, tells deputy, <laughs> quote, you sound like my ballet coach. This is published five days ago. We'll skip the town for obvious reasons. A woman ended up in handcuffs after trying to impress a county deputy with pirouettes during a field sobriety test following a car crash. She did crash your car. I'd like to point that out. A little bit more serious uh, potential DUI here. Uh, According to an arrest report, uh, this person's name is Amy. She's the same age as me. She's 38. (laughs) Had rear-ended another vehicle shortly before 10.30 p.m. So a deputy responding to the crash said uh, Amy had slurred speech, glassy eyes, was unsteady on her feet, and they smelled alcohol on her um, in the body camera video. The deputy can be heard giving her explicit instructions to walk along the yellow line. Um, When asked if she understood these directions, she replied yes, but then added that she thought that the deputy's instructions were, and I quote, ridiculous. (laughs) Um, The video then shows Harrington using a yellow traffic line as a stage as she performed. And in the article, you can see a literal photo of her performing her um, ballerina routine they, they have a still foot footage of her with her arms above her head and her toes pointed which is pretty impressive considering how drunk she was um she uh <laughs> did a one-woman dance show ranging from ballet to an irish jig um the deputy giving her the field sobriety test was not abused obviously um when the deputy asked harrington again to walk along the yellow line she said oh my gosh you sound like my fucking ballet coach before breaking into another dance." <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff yeah i mean it's a free show so i mean that sounds like a winner you take home to mom <laughs> she uh she gave deputies quite a performance when she broke out and danced um the uh deputy asked several times if she understood the directions but she kept dancing instead of following directions i believe this is dancing to the beat of your own drum um, when asked if there was any reason she could not follow the instructions, she replied with, because you sound like my fucking ballet coach. <laughs> um, 
in the video, she can also be heard saying, I just want to go home, dude. It is, is it safe for me to go home? Please, I'm begging you. Uh, I'll point out the deputy was a female. It's not a dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> she also told the deputy, if you're going to arrest me, just hurry up and do it now. A, uh, after nearly eight minutes, the deputy did just that and placed her in handcuffs. She was charged with a DUI um, and property damage for crashing the car. I'm not going to go into all of her history, but she did have some um, flyers. You're going to be shocked to find out. <laughs> so uh what state do you think this hold me closer irish dancer is um dancing in well i don't think you're gonna go to the field two weeks in a row so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with florida so considering that i have a friend from florida that's also from a city that has been a frequent um town that we've had on Florida over the field, and he's of Irish descent, and that's been kind of a theme, even though she isn't maybe Irish, but, you know, hold me closer, Irish dancer, I'm going to Florida. What was the city? The city that he's from is from the, uh, the uh, St. Petersburg, Tampa area. I Googled this city, and I didn't know it until just now, and it is, um, it is in Pinella County, which is uh, St. Petersburg. <laughs> Uh, yep. <laughs> it is it is technically Madeira Beach. I believe I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> so there you go. And if I zoom out, yeah, you're basically Madeira Beach is halfway, in case people need a geography lesson, it's halfway between Clearwater and St. Petersburg on the uh on the Gulf there. So there you go. <laughs> It really is the gift that keeps on giving. Thanks. You can you can all thank Dustin for that one. I guess while he was going to be in Ireland, he found a uh, an Irish related Florida of the field. <laughs> that area, not just the state, but that area in particular has given us quite a few seconds. <laughs> oh yeah, and we appreciate others. I know Brett sent in a couple. Our buddy Brett, he's been on the podcast in the past. There's other people that have found them and sent them. So it's not. A one-person show. I appreciate everyone that sends them that. So. Cool. All right, so that's Florida or the field. And as we have said, you know, it's week one. So, Morgan, you know it's that time of the year where we have our college football pick So why don't you take it away? All right. Well, thank God college football is back because uh, it's been pretty damn boring. <clears throat> the Red Sox freaking sucking. So it's uh, been nothing to watch, really. Um, with that said, let's kick it off. Week one predictions. Here we go. So first up on the dock is State versus uh, what's that? Girls Community College for the Arts. <laughs> no, no. Um, we used to be a cool party school. No, no. I don't know. NC State versus some school who thinks they have a football team uh, over near in Greenville. Uh, Logan. You're going to this game, so why don't you give us your prediction first? Yeah, so I'm going to pretty much echo what I said on tailgate season. What I think is going to happen is it's going to be ECU will cover, but because the line's 11, looks like it's going to get out to a, close to like two touchdowns by the end of the way that the money's been going on it. But I think it'll be closer than that. I think, but I think State's more talented than ECU, so I think that they're actually going to win. But for the purposes of my pick, I'm going with the East Carolina Pirates upset NC State with a 13th rank uh, coming into Greenville. NC State's one and three all time in that stadium. So, you know, if I'm wrong on this pick, I'm happy because my team wins. If I'm right, if State lays an egg, at least I got the pick right. Give me the Pirates. Hey, all right. Well, uh, Ryan, what about you, man? Still recovering from the fact that Logan said, give me the Pirates. Uh, well, I, uh, I'm just going to keep this very simple. I'm going to go with state. Here's why. Um, if state doesn't win, um, well, I'm going to go with state for two reasons. One, um, I think that state has a better football team. I think that state has a better defense, um, because supposedly all their players are not, uh, they're all healthy. So, uh, 
hopefully that holds up. I'm not trying to jinx them. I just, I hope it holds up. And then the second reason, quite frankly, is because this is going to be a very boring podcast if um, States drops out of the rankings and, and all the hype fizzles. And I've, I've lived through it last year. It's not fun to be ranked number two in the country or whatever we were. And then the next week, you're not there anymore. So I quite frankly don't want to deal with whiny Logan for the next, you know, <laughs> 12 weeks or whatever it is that we have to do. Well, that. I mean, you know, we can always be like you and in, in, in the season you speak of where, you know, 80% college football nation wasn't playing football. You know, a community college could have been ranked top 10 in that season. Look, I'm just saying that when it feels And I'm just saying it, the SEC and the Big Ten weren't even playing those first four or five weeks. The SEC was playing. <laughs> the, the SEC was playing by week four. Uh, Big Ten was playing by week seven. Um, so, therefore, there was plenty of empty spaces for people just to move up and empty a people. And look, this has nothing to do with Carolina. I'm saying that <laughs> I would like State to win so that we don't have to listen to Wayne Logan. <laughs> I know. I just want to clarify who think NC State earned a top five ranking that one. Or so Carolina. Anyway, um, also, well, my predictions, I, I could give right. two shades for ECU. I hate ECU. I would never pick them. Go Wolfpack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that said, as, as speak of the devil, on to the next game. Um, let's see, what do we got here? App State versus uh, a basketball college who shows up after halftime. True. Uh, Ryan, your school, who do you got? Um, I'm not sure. The defense doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. They have some really cool names. Storm Duck, that's a pretty cool name. Um, um, Tony, Tony Grimes is supposed to be like Deion Sanders. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, heard, I heard he get his, his uh, what his coach or his dad or somebody has been hyping him up for like two or three years, like a year or two before he even got into, out of high school. Oh, he was the second coming of Deion Sanders when he landed yeah. in North Carolina. Um, he was. He, he, he was. He can't cover anyone, so that's that's been a problem since I don't know last year um, <laughs> when he showed up. So uh, um, there, there's a reason why I'm, I, I like the names and and I like the guys and I obviously like the team. Here's the biggest problem I have. I'll keep it short and simple. Um, we have a really good pass rush, and we have okay linebackers that can contain. Here's the problem with linebackers that can contain. It's probably the same problem NC State would have if they actually had bad cornerbacks. Um, there's no use having a pass rush and there's no use having linebackers that can contain if they can just throw the ball wherever they want down the field. It, um, it sure does make for a really quick way to score. It's probably why we gave up 26, I believe points to Florida A&M who had 20 players that were not able to suit up and play on their team last week. And we did that at home. So, um, we are going on the road to app state and app state is a good team. They have sold out, um, it appears their souls uh, to to be ready for this game and all the seats that they have sold. This game worries me. Um, I thought uh, I actually have never been to a game in Boone. I really wanted to go to this game. It, it didn't turn out that way because um, we've got stuff going on here that you'll hear about later. But um, I, I think that North Carolina should win this game. I'll keep it short and simple, but um, this game worries me. Um. I'll go next. I, I agree. Your your defense, um, like last year, they just they didn't show up in, in the big plays. Um, your offense is clicking. Finally, after after halftime, I guess Matt Brown put on an old rerun of, of Matlock and showed them how how to win <laughs> win, win win a court case or I mean a game, <laughs> and they came out just blazing you know, down the field, but they're, you know, like I said, their defense. And now, like I said, they're going on a road to a hostile environment. App State is known for upsetting teams. They're known for, you know, oh, you're going to overlook us because we're just a little App State over in Boone. Well, ask Michigan how that one worked out uh, more over a decade ago and see how, how they, how Michigan thought about that one. I'm actually going to go App State, but I'm going to go App State by like a field goal. Makes sense. Um, just because I think their their team, I mean, obviously, unless 
somehow by Saturday, 20 players of their, on their team don't get to play. Um, they're going to be ready to play. And I think they're going to uh, now, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I think they're going to, I think App State will pull it off. Logan, what you got? Yeah, so coming into this week, I had three games circled with three teams on upset alerts. That was NC State versus ECU. Houston at UTSA and the Tar Heels going to Boone, North Carolina to play Appalachian State. Um, the line on this game right now is a one-point game, so it's essentially <laughs> a pick 'em. Um, I re, it, reality, reality is the to Ryan's point, like the 2017 um, NC State defense that like all five of the defensive linemen got drafted in like the first four rounds that year had solid linebackers but awful secondary. You, you can have a good defense that becomes very average to bad very quickly if you can't, uh, if you can't uh, control the, the, the passing game going downfield. I think this UNC defense, at least early in the season, is twisties. And I think this is a classic case of experience versus talent. It's going to be a rowdy situation in App State. And the Mountaineer program is a very good football program. They are what ECU thinks they are. So give me App State at home uh, against the Tar Heels. Can I go on record as saying one thing? Yeah, go ahead. I really like playing App State and Wake Forest, and I know that sounds weird, but like I, I don't want them to beat us clearly, but I do like playing them, and I look forward to when we get to play them. So uh, hopefully, I can still say that next week without any <laughs> sort of ill will or shitty umpires or referees ruining the game or anything like that. That's all. <laughs> Moving on, and I. I do- I do think it's important to note that uh, App State beat Carolina at Keenan Rolls at a year or two ago. So, won't be easy for the, for UNC. All right. Well, with that said, on to the next game. Uh, my team, Virginia Tech. Uh, Go Hokies going to ODU. And we got a little history here as, in, you know, we scheduled them two years ago, three years, I want to say maybe it was three, yeah, maybe, yeah, Brody wasn't born yet, so it was, what year was it? Ryan, what year was that game? I know you're going to ask, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I think it was 2019. I think it was 2019. You know, it doesn't matter because the ending. You keep all your in-state losses at the top of my memory. Yeah, so, yeah, Odin, (laughs) Fuentes and, and Cornelson, and this is the last time you hear me talk with those two names. I promise. <laughs> I had to for the for this point in this game. Um, overlooked ODU and showed up and got their asses handed to them pretty damn hard. Um, I got you know I have no disrespect to ODU. You know they played their butts off in that game. Um, quarterback had a really good game. So I. Quite frankly, it's uh, we got a new head coach, Brent Fry. Got a new quarterback transferred from Marshall and Grant Wells. You know, anything on paper says they're gonna they're building a good team, but when building a good team, you're gonna have games that just don't go your way. Um, with that said, again, with that said, I'm gonna pull Tech with a close win. Surprising. Go ahead, uh, Logan, what you got? Yeah, so I realize, you know, like you said, the recent history against ODU, and and no disrespect to ODU. I mean, they're a solid to good FCS program. But, you know, while there are question marks with this Hokies program right now in terms of this season when it comes to how this QB position going to be, is the defense going to be improved? Reality is there's a different energy around the program with a new coach. And unless Brent Pry is second coming of Scott Frost, I just don't see him losing his first game, uh, even if it is on the road to an FCS program. So uh, give me the Hokies by about 10. Sweet. Ryan, um, you already typed up some stuff, but what's your, uh, what's your prediction? Uh, Virginia Tech, period. However, um, you don't, we, we pick other games besides just our teams on this podcast. And so you come to hear all the other fun stuff, right? I have some severe, uh, severe is the wrong way of saying it. I have some serious ties to the Norfolk area, which is where ODU is from, and to the Blacksburg area. And so since this game is going to be in Norfolk, 
it just struck me that I think I need to get on the horn with about half of my family and figure out if they're going to this game. It'll be tomorrow <laughs> night. We record on Thursdays. So it'll be tomorrow night. So I, I just, re- I, I don't know why it took me so long to realize they're used in Norfolk, but um, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. I can't wait to watch this tomorrow, but I still have the Hokies winning. Oh no. Crystal's going to be doing bedtime duty for Brody because uh, I, there's no way in hell I'm going to stay in that room for, you know, an hour reading the same damn book five times. While hitting the refresh screen on my phone, watching a little football helmet go back and forth, that's not happening. Um, so, yeah, Crystal, you will be doing bedtime duty. And uh, sorry, but that's just... she's not in the room, is she? No, she's not. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be saying. That. Um, so there's no way you'd be thing. talking that way. <laughs> I would not be talking that way, and I would probably be saying things like, oh, football, ooh, yucky, I'm not going to watch football this season. I'm going to spend time with you. <laughs> um, just kidding. I love you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, like you guys were saying, hopefully, you know, the, the, the new energy around the, the locker room has got defense. If anything, just the defense alone ready to, to, to put someone's head through a brick wall. So, uh, with that said, uh, speaking of brick walls and people who don't go through them, uh, Free Shoes University versus uh, Frog Legs University, I mean, LSU. Um, it's at LSU on a Saturday night, which Monday. anyone who has not been living under a rock for the last 25 years or so knows that that is an impossible place to win at on a that's Sunday. Did you type that wrong? No. It's Sunday in the Superdome. That's why I put it in there. It's weird. I excuse me, listeners. I'm sorry. I just granted you. Know, we expect college football games to be Saturday nights or all day Saturday and seven, but seven thirty at the Superdome. That, well, that's not exciting. Um, it's weird, uh, right? Um, I'll still take LSU. I like <laughs> like ECU. I don't. I don't root for Free Shoes University and. Um, you know, the, uh, the Deion Sanders university land. I don't know. I just, no, I'm sorry. Give me, give me free shoe. Uh, give me a LSU and, uh, Brian Kelly with his odd and weird recruiting videos, dancing on a, on a platform with, with men, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'll take LSU. Uh, Ryan. Cool. I was going to say, <laughs> um, I'm going LSU. I, this isn't close to me. No, um, they're going to smack the shit out of Florida State. It's really nice that um, normally I have racing on Sundays. Not a huge NFL guy. So uh, watch watch a little here and there. So it's nice that we have this random Sunday game on Sunday night at 730 in New Orleans. Um, the line, I don't want to trample too much on the tailgate season podcast. The other guys are doing, but the line for this game is three. I wonder if this line would be higher if it was Saturday night in Baton Rouge. Um, LSU, in my opinion, has more talent. And um, Mike Norvell is uh, a man on the hot seat. So we'll, we'll go from there. Logan, yeah, I mean, what you say about Definitely the line would have been at least three points higher um, if it was in Baton Rouge. Because this, while this is you know not far from Baton Rouge, relatively speaking, it's you know, it's still technically considered neutral site you know, with the betting lines. But at the same time, you know, I I don't trust Florida State. I think they looked all right last week, but they were playing Duquesne. LSU, you know, has some question marks for a new coach. But I, if this is going to come down to whose coach do I trust more, I'm going to keep it in the family and <laughs> go with the established coach with uh, Brian Kelly. I think LSU wins. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's going to pull it off much better than his uh cajun accent <clears throat> uh, so yeah all right and now on to an exciting oh what do we got here you got a choice well hell with that man let's make it into let's do all three of them man so let's start with the first one man. and this is the two games two teams are playing other two teams from the conference for rutgers first one is Rutgers, exciting 12 p.m. ESPN, you know, noon game that always plays at Boston College with um, Ryan's favorite quarterback. 
Jerkovic. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm going Boston College on on that one. I'll I'll make that one simple with that one. Logan, what about you? Uh better quarterback, better wide receiver with uh Jerkovic, Jerkovic. I never can remember how to pronounce his name and Zay Flowers. I think Jeff Halfley has done a pretty solid job at DC. Let's not pretend like there's a home field advantage playing at home at DC, but I just think they're a better team than Rutgers. So, uh, you know, give me the the boys from BC. Well, you know, BC does stand for what I guess in this situation, better college, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> Ryan, what about you, man? Should I say? To answer your dad joke, should I say, are you serious, Morgan? Get it? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Despite all the, uh, so, here's another interesting connection. Rutgers, I just figured this out, too. Rutgers, Belichick's kids played Rutgers football. They are now the coaches on the Patriots. Will the Belichicks be at this Rutgers BC game? That could be interesting. No, they will. Completely unrelated to this podcast, however, um, I'm going BC. Moving on. His, his, his kid will be there, mullet and all. Yeah, right. There's two of them who went to Rutgers. They're both on the coaches. Did, did they both go there on a, a lacrosse scholarship? They did. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, Anyway, on to the next one. Notre Dame, who does not like to spend their money with share their money with anybody, versus um, that school in Ohio. Uh, this is gonna be an interesting one. Um, you know, Notre Dame's got the new head coach after um, Cajun Man went down south to LSU, and <laughs> I, you know, this is a tough one because. Uh, you know, give me fighting Irish. You're going Ooh. Irish. Give me fighting Irish. Okay. Left con's going to take this team and throw a horseshoe on their heads. Morgan's got the Shamrock special with Boston and the Irish. I like that. <laughs> uh, Logan, what about you, man? I think this one's pretty easy in terms of who wins straight up. It's going to be the Buckeyes. I mean, Notre Dame, I do think, is in the conversation for being a playoff contender. Uh, but it, it, the Buckeyes are in that upper echelon, in my view, this year with, with like, the Alabamas of the world. So it's, it's Ohio State, but maybe I've watched Rudy too many times in my life. I think Notre Dame actually covered. I, you know, Line I, 17 and a half. I think the new head coach is going to have their defense ready to crack some skulls, to be honest. They're yeah. gonna want to. I, I, I think they're I, gonna show. I think they're gonna show everyone that you know. Yeah, we don't need Brian Kelly. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could be a huge statement win for Marcus Freeman and his first head coaching. Uh, well, his first um, full season as the head coach. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? I, this is very simple, and I get that I'm not going out on a limb and saying anything crazy here. But um, one guy that caught my attention last year. Um, is on the Buckeyes, and I think he's a freshman, but I apologize, America, I didn't have a chance to look it up. He might be a junior. Uh, is Jackson Smith, Najigba. I hope I'm saying that last name correctly. He's a wide receiver. Um, this kid lit it up, absolutely fucking lit it up last year. <laughs> and the reason why I'm using the expletive is because he, he was awesome. So um, I will be watching this game because it's a good game. Because it's Ohio State against Notre Dame in the horseshoe in Columbus. But um, I'm looking forward to see if this kid was just a flash in the pan during the playoffs last year or if he's the real deal. Um, Ohio State's picked to win this game by 17 and a half. So uh, Ohio State for me. Sweet. All right. Next up, we got Oregon. And God knows what what. Jersey again, where are the 50 collaborations <laughs> that they can pick from? Um, and they're going to be, they're traveling to go play at uh, Georgia. Um, Georgia going to have some, uh, they're going to, you know, be hungover or are they going to, uh, you know, they're gonna, I, I'll go UGA. Heck with it, man. I, 
Oregon jerseys irritate me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, Ryan, what about um, you? Um, I love how Morgan will like go to start saying something, and he's like, "I'm a dad. I'm tired. Georgia next." <laughs> <laughs> I just had nothing funny to say about really either team. I got nothing. I mean, UGA. Hey, how many more dogs? Are we what? I got twenty now. I mean, what? Here's here's. Yeah, the- it's like it's like. Go ahead. I was like, yeah, there's nothing really funny to say about Georgia. Like, ha ha, you won the national championship well, last year, loser. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing funny to say about them. <laughs> the Braves and Georgia. Um, right. The, uh, here's the reason why I'm going to pick Georgia, and it's not rocket science. It's number three Georgia versus number 11 Oregon in Columbus. Oregon doesn't yeah. have a coach yeah. um, because he went south to Miami, which is why me and Dustin are on the U train. Um, <clears throat> Continuity wins games, and uh, it's not rocket science to pick the national champion when the team they're playing doesn't have their coach anymore. Which, which is odd, is that the, the team who won the national championship last year is not even ranked number one. It just, it's because Bama was having an off year last year, remember? That's right. That's right. They were rebuilding, rebuilding because ESPN uh, loves some Bama. So. <laughs> Gotta make sure, gotta make sure Nick Saban never falls out of the top five for you now. When he has a, when he has a fifth ranked team, you let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Logan, we don't even think. What would you say? This is simple. Dogs. Are, this is simple. Dogs over ducks. <laughs> All right. Our next up. We got uh, Urban Meyer versus Urban Meyer. <laughs> Utah at Florida. All right. So we got uh, Urban Meyer's you know, non-convict team versus Urban Meyer's oh. convict team. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, scratch that one. Anyway, Utah at Florida. Utah is traveling from their uh, non-alcoholic area to sunny Florida. Hopefully no one gets in trouble. Um, Give me, uh, damn, Utah's ranked seven. I did not know that. Um, I think, you know what, I I think Utah goes in there and gets the win. I'm I'm going to go Utes. Ryan, being that you are a former Florida Gator fan, uh, USC, <laughs> next, USC next, I think, uh, but per, currently former Florida fan, uh, who are you picking in that? I believe I'm correct in saying that the last football stadium I was in was Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, otherwise known as the Swamp. Um, I happened to be there on graduation day when I was in Gainesville. I didn't know it was graduation day. I'd like to thank my buddy for sending me to the stadium where they graduate on graduation day. Thank you. That was only a small amount of traffic that we sat in. Um, but um, that being said, uh, also another buddy that is in the Gainesville area is going to the game. I think he will be very disappointed because I think the uh, number seven team is ranked number seven for a reason. Um, we're, we're real fans on this podcast saying that that uh, teams don't play real teams and don't get real wins. But um, Utah has been good for quite a while now, and I believe in Kyle Whittingham, the coach. I think he's really, 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 really great coach. And I think he's doing really good things with that program out there. I don't think that they're going to go into the, um, what are we calling now, the CFP, the playoff or anything like that. Um, based on the debacle of Cincinnati last year. Um, but that said, I think that they'll be in a very high bowl game if they play their cards right and win uh, against the teams on the schedule. And the first one is obviously in the swamp. Good for them for going down there and getting this win, which I'm assuming they will. Oh, Logan. Well, one quick note. I, I do think that the last football stadium you were in was Carter Finley during the Miracle Minute last year. Oh. But the uh, – <laughs> the, he, doesn't like he doesn't like to remember that. I went to. Uh, right. I went. I was inside the swamp in April of this year. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, we're right. talking about games being played. So when was the last game you were in where a game was played? 
Look, nobody wants me to break down Billy Napier versus Kyle Whittingham, all right? I got to bring some personal flavor to it. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're not talking logistics. We're not going to talk logistics here, okay? <laughs> we do actually know college when, football. We just feel that we'll bore you with it. You can get that on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not Alabama or Georgia, I get nervous about road favorites by just a little bit. But Utah is my pick to win the Pac-12 this year, and they're catching Florida with you know first-year head coach. So, but to, to echo Ryan, Utah has been good for a while, quietly very good for a while. Um, so give me the the Ute. Do we remember yeah. if they won their game last year? It was the Rose Bowl, right? They were in. Yeah, I think they did win the Rose Bowl. Did they? Were they? I'll double check that. Were they playing Ohio State? Were they playing? Oh well, I think it was Ohio. State. Well, just some other uh, notable Southern games going on this weekend. We got Delaware at Navy, which Navy is a awesome environment for a football game. If you've never been, you should really check it out. Um, I highly yeah, recommend it. <laughs> That's why I'm not going to half Carolina. It's because I have to go to this game because I'm married to a Delaware crowd. <laughs> well. If it just do what we did when you and I went and carry in some airplane bottles and go to the bathroom, chug them and come back out. I did not commit. <laughs> I did not commit that crime in a federal property. <laughs> exactly. Neither did I. <laughs> Those are two other people in another lifetime. Um, it is a fun stadium. <laughs> cool. Other ones we've got going on is the University of Richmond go spiders at uh, wine cooler Bowtie University in Charlottesville, where Dave Matthews is from, and that's probably the only good thing that comes out of that area is that Dave Matthews is from. Band is born from that area. He's not actually born from there. I don't think anybody would like to be born from there. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm give me the spiders all day long on that one. I'd love to see the spiders go in there and just smack them around. Brand new coach for UVA. Yeah, that'd be a great first game for his ass. Uh, Temple at Duke. All right, Dustin. I think uh, I think your boys are going to take this one. Oh, I picked Temple, and I'm not even being mean. I think well, they got the it's the defensive coordinator, correct? It's at Duke now, right? Oh, I don't remember. I believe it is yeah, Texas A and M defense. Yeah, he's the Texas A and M defensive. Oh yeah, barbecue he's, guy. Yeah, he's all about barbecue. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna. Give some energy to that team that's been needing it for a long time. All right, that's enough. I think the Duke. <laughs> time, I think Duke won it. Yeah. Uh, Temple's the new UConn of the American. <laughs> other games we've got going on Cincinnati, who is now ranked 23rd, which I believe they should rank higher, at Arkansas. Um, got Clemson at Georgia Tech. Uh, God, like you, you don't you want Clemson to lose, but you don't want Georgia Tech to win. <laughs> God, I'll take, I'll take a Georgia Tech win. Yeah, well, <laughs> for you, I understand why. For me, I I could care lesser. I I don't like Dabo, and I don't like Georgia Tech. So, um, are you guys gonna watch that game on Monday? I'll probably though? watch the first half. Is it what is it like the damn Georgia? Is it the damn Georgia? Uh, it's I'm like the, they're the probably game. playing at the Dome, aren't they? Yeah, it's like a Chick fil A opener or something. Yeah, I think they have it on Monday so they can sell Chick fil A to everyone. Well, that would make sense. I mean, you can't call it a Chick fil A bowl and have it on Sunday, right? <laughs> Sponsored by Chick fil A, who's not open right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsors really won that one over. Uh, and then Georgia State at South Carolina. Give me South Carolina and Frank Beamer's kid, man. I agree. I think, I think he's going to build a good program down there. Georgia State ain't bad, but I agree. So that's it for notable games going on this weekend. As you know, I mean, there's like a hundred other games going on. So, you know, feel free to check them all out. Um, Yeah, I'm sure North Dakota State's playing South Delaware or something somewhere on ESPN News. Um, One of the Dakotas is playing Kansas State. I saw that. It's a true I'm story. Sure, I'm sure that's on the Ocho right after they show images of a squirrel on water skis. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, wow. Okay, cool, whatever. 
<laughs> so keeping at college football, another good topic we, we've got going on is a uh, hot seat. 101. Who is on the hot seat? Obviously, Nebraska flying over to Ireland. I'm guessing they had one too many Guinnesses and forgot that they were playing Northwestern. Um, didn't didn't start out too well for for Scott Frost. So he is definitely on the hot seat this season after all the hype and hoopla uh, coming from him being hired. Um, what do you guys think? I found a website. Where, man. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dustin. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Logan. Wow. <laughs> uh, the only thing I have to say about Scott Frost is that's where Nebraska kind of deserves what they're getting. I mean, they've lost like 21 games now of one score or less, but they fired Bo Pelini for going like 69 and 27 and never won less than nine games. That wasn't good enough there. So now, you know, they get, they kind of get what they did. I agree. So I, I'm not going to – I will definitely quote the website that I found. Um, it's www.coacheshotseat.com, and it literally has a picture of a burning rocking chair and a fire pit, which I think is just a little over the top and awesome. Um, <laughs> this website, uh, their little hashtag or whatever, their subtitle, which I also think is kind of awesome, is covering college football from Miami to Honolulu. <laughs> but um, Long story short, they've got Scott Frost number one. So uh, they agree with us and we agree with them. So I'm not going to check in with them every week, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how, the, how the coaches that we love to hate, um, how far they are up on the list. They do have two that this podcast has uh, routinely um, made fun of, and then uh, a third as well um, in, in the uh, top six here. They've got Jeff Collins. From Georgia Tech, Mr. 404, who's rebuilding uh, constantly in the number three seat. And then they've got uh, Morgan, your boy, number six. Syracuse? Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, maybe he can uh, pass along the eviction notice to his, his former team when he's walking out the door in week three. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, Logan, if you want to do a plug for the uh, the shirts on the website, uh, number five um, is a guy who would look great in that uh, horns down burnt orange shirt once he's been fired. Um, that's Steve. That's Sir. right. We have some we have some horns down t-shirts on the uh, coldhandsnetwork.com slash shop. If you hate Texas, University of Texas, not the state like I do, you know, horns down always. Can you check it out? So they've got Scott Frost one, Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins three, Steve Sarkeesian, Sark as he's known, um, at Texas at five. Other notables, we've got Dino uh, Babers at six. I was surprised to see this one. This is, um, but not terribly surprised to see, we'll call him Coach Ken because I stumble over his last name all the time at Navy. Niamato Lolo, I think I'm saying that correctly. About halfway down the list at 17. And then, guys, um, how do we feel about Vanderbilt's coach, Clark Lee, somehow already being number 20 on the list? Right. He's going he's gonna, to – he's, he's coaching – besides ECU, apparently, he's coaching the, uh, the best team, the, the best team in America. Was that what it was? That's what he said. Best program in America. <laughs> so – I'm curious to see why he's so high up on this list. He's already in the top 20 for coaches that could be fired. <laughs> Especially at Vanderbilt. <laughs> You'd think all the brains there, they'd figure something out. But uh, and then Morgan, Morgan, your boy at uh, Free Shoes is right behind him. So somehow he's, oh, but, oh, but they, they're, they're supposed to have a breakout year this year. Like he, he's got it turned around man. That sounds to me like, um, he's number 21 on the, on the hot seat list. If he's got it turned around. Be, he sounds like to me, he's going to be gifted with some shoes walking out the door. <laughs> uh, who else you guys got? Is there anyone that they missed on the list or anyone that you guys think should be on the list or. 
kind of the, asked that question twice. Weirdly enough, I I kind of think that Dino Babers isn't as high up as he, as they have him. I, I I don't think that Syracuse is really expecting a whole lot out of him, and he somehow keeps his job. And I think he's going to win just enough this year to keep his job. So I think six is kind of high. Morgan, ACC, SEC, anyone that stands out to you? You know, um, I've been trying. I've been trying to think about it all day about the top seat. You know, the ones you got listed are pretty spot on, but I was trying to think of anyone else. Um, you know, who might we might want to say is just uh, you better win nine games. Your ass is uh, your ass is fired. And you know. West well, West Virginia's playing right now, and their coach has been kind of I've heard little bits here and there potentially about him being in or out, or they're kind of on I think West Virginia fans are kind of just unhappy with the whole football situation in general, besides the fact that they're playing Pittsburgh right now. Everyone I know everyone's super excited about that. But other than that, yeah, backyard brawl. <laughs> their season's over after tonight, as far as they're concerned. Because they could care less about playing tech tech, I can tell you that. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I don't have anybody else on my uh, on my shit list right now. Well, let's see what happens after week two, right? I think exactly. I think that some of the coaches out west could be, um, especially when when with, with uh, USC and UCLA starting to go, and with Oregon potentially being able to be knocked off by Whittingham kind of establishing his program. Um, I think if you start to look at places like Arizona State, um, what's another one that stands out to me? Um, the uh, the Big 12, if you start to look at some of the programs out there, that obviously there's talent leaving with Texas and in Oklahoma. I think that um, perhaps this is uh, – perhaps I'm being cynical, but um, I would think that programs would want to establish themselves at the top of the pecking order. And if they can get a new coach in there and they can get new recruiting on solid ground, they might look to start to do that. So I could potentially see even a school like Baylor. Um, and I'm not looking at numbers and, and, and extensions, but schools that would potentially have money and have the ability to go out and get somebody. Um, like I said, Arizona State may see an opening. Baylor may see an opening. Um, I think we're fine with Texas Tech with Leach. Um, if you look at the SEC, those coaches tend to stick around a little bit longer than normal. Um, I can tell you that if uh, Florida's three and three, <laughs> six games in, uh, the Billy Napier era is going to uh, end pretty quickly. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, not firing the guy before he's uh, already coached the game. Morgan, what happens if uh, old Pry is real good at grilling, but uh, he's three and three in the middle of the season? Well, his first year, I mean, he's coming into a team that just the, the recruiting over the last what, the last two years, maybe three years of Beamer, plus all the recruiting years of what's his face and his dumbass coordinator. Um, like I said, I'm not mentioning their names anymore. I said it that one time. And that was that. Um, I was going to refer to them as, as them and they from now on. Um, you know, he got, he got, he's doing a good job recruiting, but it's going to take some time. You know, I'm not expecting a 10 win season right off the bat. I'm not expecting, you know, blowout games and defenses that score, you know, one to two touchdowns themselves a game. I, I know there's going to be some, some hard games ahead probably for the next year or two while they get recruiting down and um, kind of clean house. Right. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I think almost any tech fan w- would say, you know, hey, bowl eligible, we'll be happy with a new head coach. Uh, year two, you better, you know, get closer to closer to a ten win season. But, so I've been I've been sitting on this one. I got I got one more. For you. Okay. Let me uh let me read out to you the records of a school for the past couple of years. And it's in a school in a big conference that we like to uh, talk about in a sarcastic way. Uh, 11 and two, four and five, 
seven and six, currently losing in their first game, although they have uh, a little bit of time to make it up tonight. Does that coach of that school who went 11 and two and then went four and five in a COVID year and then seven and six last year, does that coach have something to worry about losing to Purdue currently? And that would be the coach up in Happy Valley. Uh, the coach. Yeah. It, honestly, because of where he's at, maybe. I think the school, the destination of where he's coaching really matters. I really like James Franklin, and I'm not trying to uh, wish bad things on him. I think he, he, uh, they got a new president, they got a new AD. Um, but the energy defensive coordinator. <laughs> did did they? Yeah, their defensive coordinator is my head coach now, man. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a fair point. I know. Here's the other thing. James Franklin also just signed a ten year contract. So, like, Ooh. I know people in Pennsylvania with Bryce Harper, they're they're real fond of signing ten year deals on people that they think are just gonna be awesome forever. But um. The guy's 67 and 34 at Penn State. That's pretty good. Um, he's been mentioned a lot at other Power Five openings, but I don't know. Um, we'll see how it goes. I think there might be some. If he goes five and five again, I think there's going to be some people that are biting their nails, worrying about that 10 year contract. But like I said, the people, the good people of Pennsylvania, um, they're uh, they're not worried about somebody just taking up 10 years on a contract that's that's way overrated and and really not performing. Because they do that with most of their pro athletes, anyways. So um, we can move on. <laughs> Honestly, now knowing that he's got ten more years left on his deal, he may feel some pressure, but he, the seat won't be hot because there's going to be too much cash that he's sitting on. Yeah, that buyout will be too much. I don't know, man. I we'll see how it goes. I'll keep an eye to the north. I just i I think that uh. Big Ten has the ability to kind of separate itself with with a couple schools at the, not that it already has it, but with a couple schools at the top. And I think you're going to be fair to Midland through the rest of the uh, the rest of the conference come down. And uh, unfortunately, yeah. Penn State's going to be leading the uh, the uh, almost could have should have. Man, you guys were great in the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> Takes one to know one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Well, I think that's the college football discussion for this week. I know that, uh, Ryan, didn't you say you had a bless your heart you wanted to to share with the miserable and reckless audience? I do. We were going to talk about this last week because it happened last week. And it's not necessarily college football related, but it is college academics related. And more importantly, we really need to talk about this. And I am... uh, It's because this person is awesome and she is also quite old. So I want to get this in for obvious reasons. Um, so this week's Bless Your Heart, kind of a cool story. Loyola Universities. You guys should, I think, we all watch enough March Madness to know Loyola University. They had a run to the Final Four a couple of years ago, if I remember correctly, Elite Eight, for sure. Sister Jean, um, she was the elderly nun that was cheering the basketball team on um, in her maroon or burgundy and and gold scarves and outfits and letter jackets and everything else. Um, It's kind of part of that magical run. They've come back a couple to the tournament at least once, if not a couple times since. Um, So she got some Chicago, the schools in Chicago, the University of Chicago, Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt. um, She got some Chicago hardware with her name on it for her 103rd birthday. And now you see why I wanted to uh, get this bless your heart in. <laughs> we couldn't wait till basketball season. <laughs> uh, school, city, and state leaders celebrated Sunday. Um, she became, like I said, kind of a folk hero for the chaplain. And so a highlight uh, for her was that they renamed the Chicago train station plaza at the Loyola campus. And uh, they put a large sign up marking it as the home of the world famous Sister Jean. So we know our, uh, if you listen to any of these podcasts in the past, and even if you haven't, um, 
you can probably hear our affection for the city of Chicago. We are a Southern podcast, but we had some good experiences in Chicago, especially in the summertime and have a small place in, in our hearts for Chicago. So anything Chicago related, we'll try and bring up if we can, especially if it's good, bless your heart. And 103 years old, um, they asked her, as they always do uh, with people of that age, what her secret to longevity is. She said, I eat well, I pray well, well, I hope I pray well, and I sleep well. So those were her three keys to 103 years of life. Eating well, hoping you pray well, or at least being humble enough to hope you pray well, and then sleeping well. So I just want to give a little shout out to Sister Jean and good on the city of uh, Chicago for giving her her own train station. That's pretty cool. That is, that is pretty sweet. Um, I don't know the next yeah, time. It is. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, yeah, that, that's a really cool story because I remember seeing her, you know, when the Loyola Chicago was making their run and that, that was cool as it was, you know, basketball fan of that age, you know, being a nun and all that with the ties to that area. Just seeing this, you know, it's, it's you know, show some positivity out there amongst all the, the, the bad stuff we get inundated with. So, good on them. And I'm happy for her. And if you guys want to Google the the story or the, um, it's worth it for the photo. You can see her. She's beaming like she always is. Just happier than whatever to uh, have a train station. Named happier than a pig and flop. <laughs> I wasn't going to use any of those analogies to talk about a 103-year-old nun. <laughs> hey, it's a Southern podcast. I had to use a Southern colloquialism. I felt bad saying we had to rush it because of, you know, I felt morbid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've, we've ruined it. Sorry. That's what we do. So we tried to have a bless your Logan, take us home. <laughs> All right. Hey, remember, we have that link in our Spotify version of the podcast where you can click it. You can leave us an up to one minute voicemail. So we'd love to hear from you. Give us your thoughts. Give us your questions. And uh, we may address it. You know, give us five stars. Great review wherever you get your podcast. This is Miserable and Reckless. I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan and Ryan this week while Dustin is off gallivanting across the world. So <laughs> we will see you next week.